It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yuggies get to play. Yo, 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 yo. We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Hey guys, welcome to another Gangplank Report. We are going to recap episode six, which Bravo called Yacht on the Rocks. And we have decided to call sketchy behavior. And Jen will explain that. And here's Jen for your rapid recap. For those of you who didn't go straight to the Urban Dictionary to find out what sket was, I don't know why you listened to us. <laughs> no, I'm all kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it's an abbreviated version for a promiscuous woman. And that's what Tom was calling Ashley. So I'm not a fan of slut shaming necessarily, but I just thought the word was funny and it's a new one in my lexicon. So we decided to go with that. Alrighty, so here's your recap. Not so rapid. This was a great episode, so we've got a lot to fit in. The alarm's still squealing as the wind reaches 31 knots. Chaos ensues as they realize the ship has run aground and they're dragging anchor. Glenn keeps his wits about him and orders Tom to create wake with the tender as Glenn uses the thrusters to wiggle the boat out of the sand and get them moving. Tom gets annoyed at any implication that it was his fault or he could have acted differently. Gabby was clueless and slept through the whole thing. Ashley drives a bus-sized revelation of a timeline right over her boot-knocking buddy's back. Glenn shares in a confessional that the worst-case scenario could have had Parsifal in a situation akin to a boat in Indonesia that's been aground for a year. Colin dives in the water to make sure there's no structural damage done to the keel. Thankfully, it's only scratched up. The guests depart and tip $16,000, which they're all pleasantly surprised about. Ashley is turned off by Tom's unwillingness to take accountability and is still apparently turned on by Gary's perceived abilities. Dinner out has Tom drinking and Ashley thinking that Gabriella is taking her chance with Gary away. Daisy tries to hash out the Gabby-Ashley issues while they're all drunk, and shockingly, it doesn't go well. Ashley continues her pursuit of Gary right in front of Tom, and we learn that sket is the pejorative we didn't know we were missing. Gabriella pulls the rug right out from under Ashley's feet and shares a cuddle with Gary. Kelsey sums it up by saying that when the drinks are flowing, the problems and emotions usually do too. Tom apologizes to Ashley, but just like with Gabby, Ashley doesn't acknowledge her part in the conflict. 
Glenn meets with Gary and Colin, but we're left with no decision made. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. Well, I feel like this is definitely one of my favorite episodes so far. There was just so much going on. I mean, boat drama, crew drama, 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 (laughs) drama. So much going on. Yeah. If I was in production, this would be my Emmy submission. I loved this episode. It's everything I want in the show. I thought it was perfect. The only episode of Below Deck in any of the franchises that I found more suspenseful and tense was when Ashton fell off the back. Went overboard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the only other one. That first 15 minutes of this episode could have been a whole episode. There was so much going on and it was so tense and crazy and it was all stuff that as a viewer and just a super fan was completely foreign to me i know i missed the live tweet last night sorry guys i am a little under the weather but i saw your tweet last night that said you've been on a boat that went aground oh yeah i've been on a couple of different boats that went aground wow yeah i mean it happens especially in places like the bahamas where the water can be pretty shallow sometimes and they have because they're a sailing boat and their hull is deeper than we are on a motor yacht they have a higher likelihood of something like that happening. Okay. But I've been on a couple of different boats where stuff like that happened. And one of the times we did it at low tide, Mm -hmm. we thought we were being clever by going into the channel and doing what we were supposed to be doing, but the channel wasn't marked properly because there had been a big storm that ripped through there and moved some of the sand basically in the way. So Mm -hmm. we didn't run aground on rocks. We ran aground on sand, which does a lot less damage. Honestly, it polishes the bottom of the boat a little bit, which is kind of nice, but it knocks (laughs) some of the barnacles off. (laughs) But we had to sit there for several hours until the tide started to come back up to the point where the boat was floating again. Wow. So I've been on a boat before where we hit a coral head and ripped off a prop completely. Wow. And so you have to limp back. Yeah, then you've got to send divers down to pick up this super heavy prop off the bottom of the... Yeah, it's a mess. That's mess. crazy. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> well, last night I thought they really got off easily for what seemed to be going on. Because the way Glenn put it, he said that the boat moved seven boat lengths in that 15-minute span. That's a pretty big amount, I would think. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. You have to think that that sailboat is a little bit lower profile than what a motor yacht is. And when a motor yacht on anchor picks up wind like that, it basically turns into a kite on the water. Crazy. And it'll just drag it. Mm -hmm. And it can get quite scary. I mean, that's why we set a perimeter boundary. So one of the things that they were looking at, one of those screens, you set a perimeter boundary. And if the boat swings outside, because the boat will swing all night long. Right. Based on the wind and the current and all that kind of stuff. And if it swings outside of a specified circle, then alarms go off because that's when you know that you've moved further than you really should have based on what you were trying to do and where you were trying to be. Right. And we've had that happen before. We've had that happen and lose the engines before. It's, I mean, look, that's why it's an adventure. Yeah. Yachting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. I was vacillating last night between how much. 
I felt Tom was responsible for it because I don't feel like he's responsible for the wind and it did pick up quickly. We Wait, saw you that. You mean that we don't control the weather, Jen? No, Is that what we saying? don't. We don't. Yeah. But then Weird. the more I thought about it, is it's called Anchor Watch, you know, and he was down in the crew mess making himself a cuppa and had the little makeout time with Ashley and stuff. And he was doing other things on the boat. And I fell more in the lane of he wasn't responsible for it, but that he did need to take accountability for the fact that he could have done things differently. And he was refusing to do that. It was like he wanted to take no responsibility for what happened, but there were things he could have done and he didn't even want to hear them. Right. Where did you land? I think it's entirely his fault. The entire point of that position, that Mm -hmm. anchor watch position is to be on anchor watch. And it's not to say that there aren't like, I've had to do anchor watch before where it starts getting really windy and I've got to run out and sort out all the cushions. Those cushions go flying away. Those are not only custom made, but they're a real expensive thing to lose. And especially if that's a main area where the guests sit, like you have to make sure that all those covers and stuff stay put. And sometimes you just can't help it. They're snap on most of the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the snaps will rip if it's too windy. They're little bitty kites all over the boat. Anything on that boat could pick up wind, you know? So Mm -hmm. for him to run out and start trying to do damage control on that end, I totally get it because I would have tried to do the same thing, but to not alert anybody else in the meantime was where he made the error. Right. Okay. That's all you got to do. If you think it's starting to get super windy and you need help tying things down and securing everything, especially on that flybridge area where they entertain constantly, then Mm -hmm. you pick up the radio and say, I need somebody to come up here right now. I'm going to run out to the flybridge and secure the cushions or whatever. Like communication is the key on that. And that is where he failed. That is what he did not do. Okay. Well, so thank you for filling me in on that because that's kind of what I felt, I just felt like there was something he could have done. It seemed like Glenn felt the same way. Obviously, when Glenn was saying that, he hadn't seen everything back yet. And Ashley hadn't chucked Tom under the bus yet either. Yeah, that was quick to happen, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's a piece of work. I'll tell you. She strikes me as very much a fair weather fan type person. Like she'll jump on a bandwagon and be everybody's biggest cheerleader until it doesn't suit her. And then she's not anymore. And that's exactly what we saw happen at Tom. That doesn't mean that I have sympathy for Tom or any of his actions, but I definitely think that Ashley was in the wrong. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, before we get to that, the guests, of course, are awake for this whole experience. Have you had a situation like that where you had to calm the guests down? Or I will give Ashley credit here. I thought she did a good job of playing it down. I thought she was lying through her teeth, but she didn't have them concerned at all, which I think is the goal. You don't want your guests to realize how bad of a situation this might be. Right. If you can help it, that is the end game. Okay. Correct. So if you were in Ashley's position, would you have played it down? 100%. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to, because the moment that they start panicking, that makes things infinitely worse for everybody. Right. So the best thing to do is just play stupid. I, mm-hmm. it, it's everything seems it's just windy so they're just securing the, everything's gonna be fine <laughs> you know <laughs> that's the best way to do it yeah just play dumb 
Yeah. I think Ashley has the dumb part down pretty good. <laughs> she has the dumb real good. Oh, I love you. <laughs> okay, so the guests go off the boat. They were good guests. They weren't dynamic. I don't know that I'm going to remember them a season from now. Just the weekend of Bernie's part. Yeah, Tyler's probably the only one that's going to stick out in my head, but they were good guests. 16,000. We know that's like a thousand over for the fact that they didn't even get to sail and there was chaos that morning. I think that's pretty good. I agree. Especially miles above the last group. So yeah. Right. So they get the boat turned over and they go out to dinner and Ashley's already being kind of standoffish with Tom from the minute he denies any accountability. She's already moved off of the Tom train and is back on the Gary go round. The Gary go round. <laughs> well, that's what it feels like. Everybody hops on, gets a ride. <laughs> but she even brought it up to Gabriella that she still wanted to sleep with Gary. So there's some, again, we're back to the Gary mystery. There's some perception of his abilities that I don't see that must come off in pheromones or something. Maybe when they create smell-o-vision, I don't know. Uncertain. I don't get it either. And I, the crazy part is every single week or every time somebody goes to hook up with Gary, everybody on Twitter is like, what do they see in Gary? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's gotta I mean, be something. No, nothing against Gary. I'm sure he's lovely. I just, I, not my type. So there's that. Right. I think there are guys who... I can totally be friends with and know that I would never want to date them in a million years. They'd be like the worst boyfriend material, but I can still love them to death as a friend. Oh, for sure. He would be that guy because he is funny and he does his job well. So I could see being friends with him. And he's self-deprecating. Even he doesn't understand why the girls continue right. to fawn all over him. He's just yeah. like, I don't get it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But out to dinner, Tom was drinking a lot. He was having a hard time letting the whole situation go. In the van, though, on the way over, did you notice Gabby and Gary were kind of on top of each other? Look, I said that to Gabby on Twitter. I was like, she was like a ninja. Like I blinked and all of a sudden (laughs) she was in his bunk. I had no idea what happened. So I must have missed the little bit that happened before that. Okay, so... They've got these big giant bench seats in the little vans yeah. that take them to dinner. And they were probably taking up maybe 18 inches of that giant bench seat. <laughs> Their arms were intertwined. His hand was on her thigh. Her arm was looped through his. I didn't see it coming. So I was taken aback, but she seemed to push him away a little and just say, we're working on a friendship here. So I'm thinking, okay, this isn't going anywhere. And then we get back to the boat after everybody's good and sauced up good and sauced up rip roaring drunk daisy tries to hash things out with ashley and gabby and i need to ask you this okay i knew that that was going to go left right away correct because you just don't have serious talks when you're drunk it's just dumb but do you think that that talk influenced gabby's decision to go have a cuddle session with gary i think she probably would have done it either way Okay. I don't know that I think that her intentions were that malicious Okay. because I see where you're coming from, but I genuinely don't see Gabby being that intentionally malicious. 
And by the way, making her own working situation more uncomfortable on purpose with right. Ashley. That doesn't mean she didn't think about it going, you know, Ashley really wants to hook up with Gary and all of a sudden I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. I'm sure some, level, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much tequila was involved. So yeah. <laughs> maybe the math calculation didn't happen. But yeah. I don't see Gabby going out of her way to make her own professional situation more uncomfortable than it needs to be That's just in point. an effort to be vindictive. Yeah. I could definitely see Ashley doing that. Right. And I really do think she kept denying at the dinner table that she was jealous of them sitting together and him feeling Gabby's back and things like that. She kept acting like that didn't bother her, that didn't phase her. But as soon as they get back to the boat, she's taking shots out of his belly button. She tries to give him a massage. All of this in front of Tom, which is where the sket pejorative got thrown out. And like I said, I'm not a fan of slut shaming, but I'm also not a fan of manipulation, manipulation. And she didn't really make anything clear at that point to Tom that she was no longer interested because like I said, last week, she kind of went straight into girlfriend mode and guys take that stuff. Right, seriously. Like 40, she was in the sack with him like 48 hours before she's on top of Gary on his bunk, giving him a massage. Right. Like you're sending the wrong signals. Yeah. You're just being a dick tease. That's all you're doing. And she was being emotionally nurturing when he got the news from back home. So he's thinking that they're developing a relationship and usually this is flipped around. So it's interesting to see the guy be on the other end of this. But I do find I have trouble when guys do that to women. So I don't have a problem saying I don't like it that Ashley was doing that to him. I think she could have communicated it better. Yes, she was drunk. But even the next day during the apology, it was, you're not going to talk. I'm going to talk. Nothing I did warranted the things that you said to me. And he was completely remorseful, totally apologetic. And then she gave him nothing, like zero. I mean, talking about kicking the guy when he's down, he's already raw emotionally from being yelled at and, Mm -hmm. you know, having the boat almost wrecked for the season. And then I'm sure he's hoping for some of that nurturing, like you said. Right. And she just, she was like, like he was a leper. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that's, I'm sure that was really abrupt for him too, thinking that he had an ally with her and somebody that he could go to for comfort. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, nope, nope. Yeah. You are not the cool kid anymore. I do not want to hang out with you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just, oof, oof. I would not want to work with her. And she was giving me total shades of Sam last night. From my season. Good call. Like, yeah, like the defiance and the manipulation and all of that. The only thing she was missing was that smirk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, she's just got RBF. She doesn't Brought have back a, a little bit of my below deck PTSD. <laughs> yeah, I just, I cannot warm to her. Even in the moments where I felt like she did the right thing, like with the guests earlier, I cannot warm to her. I was talking to our super fan Rob through Twitter today, and I told him that she is a master manipulator, and it would be kind of impressive for how young she was if it wasn't so sociopathic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
I can more scares me. She gives off single white female bunny boiler vibes and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's interesting to see. What I did appreciate was that Daisy kind of pulled Gabby aside and gave her a pep talk, which I thought was really nice. Like yeah. despite all of the chaos, she, mm-hmm. you know, pulled Gabby aside and gave her a little pep talk and was like, look, I understand what you're going through. We all just have to get through this. We'll figure it out kind of thing. Or we won't. And I did totally agree with Daisy when she said sometimes when it's personalities and people just don't like each other, that there's really not much you can do. Yep. Yep. That's what happened on my season. Mm -hmm. And I think that's completely true. And you're right. She made the effort. So I'm happy about that. And she did make a point of saying too, that a lot of this was happening when she wasn't around to witness it. Right. So I do like that she wasn't going by one person's version or the other. Right. She was trying to get the whole picture before she made a move. So that was good on her part. We didn't get enough of Kelsey again, except for in the hot tub when she had her bottle of beer shoved between her boobs. And she was saying that she wished she had bigger boobs because that's how she was drinking it. And (laughs) then her little philosophical thought to Tom that when the drinks are flowing, the problems and the emotions do too. So we got little bits of her. Hopefully we'll get more of her soon. The end of this episode, it's a real hanging thought that Tom is not going to make it through the rest of this because I mean, look, he is very quickly degrading some interpersonal relationships on that boat, but his job performance and the lack of trust that Glenn has in him is a bigger deal, in my opinion. Right. And it really is crushing him. I mean, the phone calls to his mom about Glenn not liking him and not warming to him, that's really eating at him. Well, that's what happens when you almost puke on somebody on the first night. Anyway. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but when they were getting ready to greet these new guests who are coming on, he made an attempt to talk to Glenn. And I think he really bolstered himself up to give this wonderful speech of how he was going to try and he was going to do better and whatever, and had no clue that Glenn had already had this conversation with Gary and Colin about basically making him shammy boy. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like you said, the previews kind of leaned a little towards why am I keeping him here? I think after Glenn saw the control board covered in water, I think that might've tipped the scales a little bit. Yeah. If you were Glenn, would you have thought so long on it? I mean, here's this. Sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Mm -hmm. What other possibility is there in him getting another relief deckhand Is what he has right now so terrible that he needs to start over or can he work with what he's got and just minimize the responsibility? Right. Gotcha. Because the next person that shows up could be Riley. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) But at least she knows what she's doing. (laughs) But I was kind of wondering what his hesitation to pull the trigger was, but that makes sense that you don't know what's coming and again we're still filming during covid they've already had problems now that people have to be vaccinated you know with charter guests who knows what that did to backup cast so right there's probably a little more to it but that makes sense though that you don't know what you're going to be getting and if it's going to be any worse and they're on they're getting ready to start charter number four there's what six total yeah okay So it's whether you ride it out with 
I, I don't know. See, something tells me that at the halfway point, that would kind of be the time to do it. Yeah. Rather than waiting until the end of this, then there's only two more charters left. Then I'd be even less inclined to want to start with somebody who doesn't know everybody's personalities and whatever. Right. We shall see. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us again. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find us. And looking forward to the super fan episode this week. Yep. We will see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.